such a beautiful presence of the Lord. There's so many needs. Keep them in prayer this week. Uh, the ones that have been brought to your attention today specifically. I want us to pray for God to touch them, heal them, and uh, give them strength in it. If you got your Bibles, Nehemiah. <clears throat> chapter 22 or chapter 2 book of Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 3 brother Ron if you would have that verse now but I'm going to go starting go back to verse 1 later so just make a note we're going to go to Nehemiah 2 and 1 later verse 3 and he said and said unto the king let the king live forever why should not my countenance be sad when the city, the place of my father's sepulchre, lieth in waste, and the gates thereof are consumed with fire. <clears throat> he asked him a question. Turn to Job chapter 3 and verse 25. Job chapter 3, verse 25. For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me and that which I was afraid of is come unto me last part of Job and this is where I'm going to start and then I'm going to go to Nehemiah Job said the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. Job is saying there are things I feared, there are things that I was afraid. You say, well, they're the same. Not always the case. But he said the conclusion of that verse was, it's come unto me. I want to preach today from this one simple thought. I didn't see it coming. I didn't see it coming. You would lift your hands one more time and just ask God to talk to us. Jesus, anoint my mind, my heart, my spirit. God, put me in such alignment with you that your word could flow like a river today. God, I pray you anoint us as a people that it's not just for me, but all of us today. We could hear your position, God, of where we are in you and that, God, you are with us. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you. You may be seated there. <clears throat> I have, uh, I've researched and studied this Job chapter 3, verse 25, many, many times. I have uh, studied it, and, and I, I'm not going to go into a, a great thing here with uh, that work or effort that's been put in or I did years ago or whenever. But the point I want to make and I want you to see is when I first heard the thing which I feared has come upon me and that which I was afraid has come unto me, I immediately my mind goes to what he lost. Go to verse 20 of that 
a chapter there, Brother Ron, verse 20, same chapter, verse 20. My mind immediately went to Job's great loss. And, and I understand that, that he uh, could have went down the road. He lost his, his whole family and he lost, for sake of visitors here, I know church folk, many of, a, of us has heard uh, the story of Job but for those that are here, they have maybe never heard. Job lost his finances. He lost his income. He lost his cattle, which was income. He lost his children, his wife, his, not his wife, his kids. The only one he didn't lose was his wife. He lost the kids, lost his, even his health. He got boils. He lost literally everything but his wife. And I thought many times that this was his, his position, that that which I, he feared, Brother Smith, he feared that which I've lost, my kids. And, but today and yesterday, I began to sense and feel something a little different, that it could be that. Scripture never tells me exactly what it was and Verse 20 says, wherefore is light given to him that is in misery and life unto the bitter in soul. Next verse. Which long for death but is come not and dig for it more than for hid treasures. Next verse. Which rejoice exceedingly and are glad when they can find the grave. Next verse. Why is light given to a man whose way is hid and whom God hedged in here is where it began to take a turn for what I began to feel Job was referring to in verse 25. He's saying, light's given to a man whose way I don't understand what has come. And yes, the, the natural things that came to him the loss was greater than he could bear. And he said, God has literally put me in a hedge. He's, he's boxed me in. Next verse. For my sighing coming before I eat and my roarings are poured out like waters. Now 25. For the thing which I feared, what I felt God was giving to me, Again, I can't show it in Scripture, but could it be, Brother Smith, that what Job was dealing with wasn't just the natural. He was dealing with something that was even greater in the mind and the heart and the spirit, disappointment. Disappointment for what he knew God could have stopped, but was disappointed that God didn't. The question in his mind, why is my way hid? I'm a child of light. I, I know God's word. Here's Job who was a righteous man, a good man, a faithful man, a man that did everything according to, but there was one thing he could not see coming. Take away from your mind for a moment what he lost tangibly and let's go to the mental struggle that Job had called disappointment. 
I didn't see it coming, brother. I, I never saw. I'll never forget a story years ago. Brother Ewing told it about a brother Bush. Now you may remember his name. Maybe C.J. McDaniel. Old brother McDaniel, he refers to him. Red-faced man. They would have fellowship meetings back then and, 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 and the young preachers were preaching. And at the end of the course of the, the, the preaching of some of those young men, I, I don't recall my memory if he had them all together or it was one young man or it was Brother Ewing specifically. But that old preacher got a hold of that young man or those young men and said, let me tell you something that you don't usually plan for. He said, and it's going to come to you one day. Well, no matter how well things are going, it's going to come. He said, discouragement. Discouragement's going to come no matter how spiritual you are. No matter how well you've got all your ducks in a row and you've got everything figured out of how or what. Here, I looked it up, what the word discouragement means. It means the state of, ha of having a, a loss of confidence or enthusiasm for something. I don't know if that, I, I feel pretty confident I could define Job's situation as such. He has now lost his enthusiasm to live. He has lost his confidence in the fact that my walk with God could sustain me. And now I'm finding myself sinking like never before. He refers to it in Job chapter 30. I think it's verse 25, 6. I don't remember. Maybe somewhere in chapter 30. He says about light and darkness. He says, I'm a part of the light. I know what's right. I know what's good. I know what I'm supposed to do. But I never planned on discouragement coming that would cause me to lose my confidence. We sometimes won't admit it, and that's just pride. That means you're better than Job. There's been days, Brother Thornton, I've lost my confidence in what I know God can do. I lost my confidence in I know God can heal. I know God can deliver. I know God can bring water out of a rock. But when it comes time when I need the water and the water don't come, I become discouraged. And I don't care how you and I want to shape it. As long as I got flesh on these bones, discouragement's going to come and you don't necessarily plan for it. Huh. I can do everything. I, I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. I'm going to do it. Job did everything and it still came and knocked him back. doesn't matter how spiritual, how much in alignment I am with God. There's something going on greater that I cannot see that's challenging my faith. And the more you and I walk with him, the more I get in relationship with him, 
Discouragement's going to come to you and I, and there's nothing I can do to stop it other than realize when it does come, it's not there to take me out. It's not there to get me to backslide. It's not there to get me to throw in the towel. It's there to show me that there's a God in heaven that equates and figures in every element of my life. My day tomorrow is already planned by God, whether discouragement be in it or not. It's going to come. That disheartening feeling, whether it be a doctor's report that we believed God for, whether it be a miracle that we needed God to do, God still let situations come not to destroy, Brother Charlie, but because God was trying to prove a point that there's a people that is called by my name that it doesn't matter what they go through. They're going to stay faithful to what I first told them. I'm telling you, uh, we are living in an hour right now where discouragement is almost the art of the day. That's why I, I, it sometimes don't even pay for me to, to read a news cast or a news, what you call them, thing. It don't even pay sometimes because inevitably there's going to be something that's going to hit and say, oh, why, why, why has that got to? I mean, there's so much conflict and so much disarray and disorder of who's right, who's wrong. And I dare not go down a political venture of a Democrat or Republican. We thought they were at odds. They're even more at odds now. Is COVID real? Is it not? Do I take a vaccine? Do I not? And you let the ones vaccinated fight the ones that ain't vaccinated. We got a war there too. We're fighting over stuff that just don't matter. And discouragement comes to the heart of people. Comes to the heart of mine. Why? The enemy has made a challenge to God saying, you go ahead and think you can get a church ready in the end time. I'm going to do everything I can. And God says, go ahead. Do whatever you want. I'm going to show you that my people are more resilient. I'm going to show you there's a people that's always going to trust me. That regardless whether fear comes and darkness comes and discouragement comes and hopelessness comes, I'm never going to lose my confidence in a God that's able to bring me out, bring me in, and keep me in. It's nobody exempt. There's no party that I, I, I thumb through the pages of the Word of God, and it seems like everywhere I found the same discouragement to individuals. And your mind can go right now. Preachers can begin to think. I, what about? Nehemiah. I loved him out of all the ones. I, we, we can name David and we can name Paul and we can name all of them. They all faced it. But Nehemiah's unique because you see, Nehemiah was the closing of the dispensation. About 450, 480 is the closing and there's about to be a shift in the spirit. And this is why Nehemiah spoke so much to my spirit because he's the closing man. The temple has already been rebuilt. The sacrifices have already been resumed. This is Old Testament. And now it's the closing of Nehemiah's day. And God says, I've appointed you to build the wall around the city, Nehemiah. 
He's the last voice to an era. He's the last man to stand in the gap and declare. We did it. We got the temple built. We got the sacrifices going. I'm ready to start building. We got to start building a wall. And he's the one driving the people. Moving forward. And Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 1. Brother Ron, here's how we find God's man at the close of a dispensation. And it came to pass in the month Nisan in the 20th year of taxis, the king, wine was before him and took up the wine and gave it unto the king. He's in a place of servitude. He's not building the wall yet. He's not doing anything God's called him to do. He's incarcerated. He's in captivity. He's under the dominion of the king or taxis, which is a Persian king. The enemy's in control. The enemy's determining the economy. Come on, somebody. I'm about to start digging right here. The enemy's determining what we're going to do and, and the government and how it's going to be out and how the money's going to be dispersed and, and who's going to be in the kingdom and who's not going to be in the kingdom and what's going to take place. Our taxis is in control and he doesn't have God. That's what he represents. The kingdom is in upheaval. The kingdom is, the people are out of place. Have you ever found yourself in a place that just ain't conducive in living for God? You ever found yourself in a mental state, a position in your mind that says, Brother Daryl, I just ain't right. Oh, I should have got five amens on that because your wives are hitting husbands saying, you ain't right in the head. <laughs> I've been there, Brother Roger. I just ain't right in my head. Don't agree. I ain't right. I, I know my, I'm something in my mind. I'm out of position. I'm out of, not in, I'm not in sin. That's not what I'm referring to. My thinking is cloudy right now. My thinking is not where it needs to be. The people of God are not where they need to be. The Bible says he's bringing it to the king. And now I had not been before time. In other words, I had an ability to hide my emotions. We got a bunch of fake people. We know how to hide all too well, really, what we're thinking. Oh, I should have got 10 more amens right there. My God, if he wears that ugly shirt again, I'm going to slap the fire out of him. We hide it. Oh, I love that shirt. <laughs> Oh, you don't? We've learned how to hide our, when I'm going through, that's how we do it. How are you today, Brother Mike? And I'm all for speaking faith. Don't, don't misread what I'm saying. I, I got the woman that said, is your boy, how's he doing? All is well. She lied. I got it. He was dead. I believe in speaking faith. But there comes a time in me and your life that God's not wanting you to speak faith. He's wanting you to speak to him and just say, I'm discouraged today. See, we make relationship with God so hard. Here's what makes it so hard, Brother Darrell, because he don't talk back so quick. We get impatient. 
And we move on to whatever it is in the day to try to get me out of my turmoil and torment of my mind of what's not right. I know what needs to be corrected. I know what needs to be done. Instead of just having a relationship with him and saying, God, you got this and I'm going to be patient and let you work a work in my family, my home. And all he's wanting is me to come and say, I'm discouraged. But see here, Nehemiah said, I've done so well. And I I never told him anything. I just kind of, God knows how to get you and I to a place where we can get the most vulnerable before him. It's not vulnerable for the church. God's not wanting that. God's not wanting to make you and I a public spectacle or public embarrassment or embarrass us in front of our peers or brothers or sisters. That's not what God does. That's a last resort for God to do that. That's somebody in sin that won't get it right. That's a last. God wants you and I to come to him and just say, you know what, God? I'm discouraged. I'm trying to get the joy, but you know what? It just ain't happening today, Jesus. I'm trying to put something. I've lost my confidence where I used to be enthusiastic. I really believe that that's where much of the church, we've lost, what we feared has come upon. Discouragements come and we haven't known how to handle it. Because we're people of faith and we declare, and rightfully so, God's for me, God's going to help me. I'm coming out. I need to declare, yes. But then there comes a point that I need to be honest with God and just say, God, I'm struggling. I'm struggling today. God's not going to slap me and you in the head because we're struggling. He's going to come to us and say, I'm so proud you finally got honest and quit being so prideful. And I really believe Nehemiah in this as was Job. That which I feared I'm dealing with a level of disappointment in my mind. God, how could you let this happen? You let me down. You dropped the ball. We won't admit that because we know God don't, but yet there are moments we think it. God, you let me down. God, I've been so faithful. How in the world could you let this happen? I raised them in church. I raised them. I've, I've done everything I know to do and now still. Next verse. Wherefore the king said, why? Finally the king realizes something's off with you today, Nehemiah. Here's what it's telling me. Nehemiah came into that courtroom and was was something about him that made the king think everything's okay. I don't know, Brother Roger, if he came in there joyous. I don't know, maybe the king uh, uh, finally he fed off of his. I don't know, but something caused the king to recognize him. You're not sick. Nothing else but sorrow of heart. Then I was sore afraid. Next verse. And said to the king, let the king live forever. Why should not my countenance, why should not my countenance be sad? Here it is. He's saying, I got a reason. I got a reason I'm disappointed. I got a reason I'm discouraged. 
because everything that I know God was supposed to do, our city was supposed to be raised up. Our city was supposed to be together. We were supposed to be, let's bring it, we're supposed to be a family in church together. And my kids are lost. My family's lost. I got drug addiction, alcohol, suicide. What's going on? I, I don't understand, God. And if one person would ask God and say, God, I don't get it. Could you please help me to understand? I'm telling you, God would visit somebody before Friday afternoon and give you an answer for your family, for your home. Maybe you're perplexed over the world and what's going on with COVID and everything under the sun. You need to hear me. I can be discouraged, but that doesn't discount me. I can be down and be afraid about something, but that doesn't mean my faith has totally evaded me. I'm going to pick up the residue of my faith. I'll pick up the little bit of grains of sand of faith. And I'll take that before God with my discouragement and say, God, I'm not going to lose my enthusiasm and my excitement and my confidence for living for you, regardless of what comes into my life. You can't stop it from coming. But, you know, if I know one day it would, I ain't going to have a turtle mentality. Live in fear. But when it does come, Sister Tiffany, and discouragement finds me, what am I going to do? I'll remember this message. That if Job faced discouragement and Nehemiah faced discouragement for things that he could not control, I really believe a lot of the things that comes into our life is God trying to get us to let go of some controlling assets. We've tried so hard to, 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 to rein in things and we're, we're living in a time right now everything is literally out of control. So what does God do for the church? He's going to come in and show you and I. Here's how you deal with out of control issues. Here's how you deal with situations and circumstances that are beyond. You cannot make somebody do anything. You can't make the judge give you whatever. You cannot make your spouse live for God. You cannot make your kids pray, per se. So when discouragement comes and they're not calling out to God and you're discouraged and you're losing your ground. Folks, what I'm talking to you about here this morning and trying to preach, teach, however it may be, is an elemental fun, foundational piece to why we struggle because here's why when God don't do what we thought he should have done at that moment we move on and God does other things in our tomorrows but we still hang on to that one time he didn't we still hang on to the one time we know that God could have done everything and let, God could have God can do anything if God can get a Paul out of prison 
bypassed the warden. He bypassed the council. He bypassed the guards. He didn't ask for a debate. He didn't ask for a meeting. God just says, you're coming out. And if I know God can do anything, God can get them out. God can bring them in. God can save them. God can deliver them. I know that's an absolute. But when God don't, don't let the discouragement carry on into your tomorrows. Realize God's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he doesn't change. But there comes a point. It hit me. Finally. I looked at the sad faces on so many people. There's no smile. There's no joy. And I wondered why. And the answer I felt come back to me was they've been discouraged. And they feel like God has slighted them. You, you can live for God for a long time, but really in the short time, I've told this to the new converts. You live for God the first year, year and a half, and everything's rocking, and it's a honeymoon, and everything's great. But you let about that year, year and a half, some it's two, everybody's different. But you let it begin to change a little bit. You let a little bit of adversity come, and something comes against you that you ain't never seen before. And what's the first thing? I'm discouraged. So if God does it at the beginning, he's trying to show you and I whether you live for God for 70 years, discouragement. It's always going to come. And you don't know when it's coming. But I know that God knows tomorrow. And if God knows tomorrow, Brother Sean, he already knows what I'm going to be facing tomorrow. He knows my, my personality. He knows my temperament. He knows how much I can bear and how much I can't bear. And God says with every temptation and every struggle that you're going to face, I'm going to make sure that in that you, you might get as close as you can to ground. Like my old dad said, I'm eyeball to eyeball with a garter snake. I'm so low today, Brother Savon. I'm eyeball, eyeball to a garter snake, Sister Helen. I, I can't see really very high, but I know one thing is sure. It doesn't matter how low I go, God is going to be there. Or how high I go, or in the ascent or the descent, God has prepared me. And God will give me the strength I need to overcome the discouragement of whatever may come tomorrow. I'm going to say something here, and I, I, I'm about done. Y'all musicians, y'all kind of, y'all come and get ready. I might give another point or two. But hear me, let me bear this point. And, 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 and after I make it, don't, don't misread into what I'm saying, okay? I'm trying to qualify every base. You know, you got to do that now. If they come in and mandate me to get on a plane, I got to have a vaccine, what you going to do? What we going to do? Some of you, I, I'm not pro, far, against. Don't, don't, that's what I said. I'm trying to qualify everything right now. It ain't about a vaccine. You know, shoot me up with chloride. I don't care. I mean, it's not the issue. The issue is you telling me what to do. I'm not defying authority. I'm all for authority. But when it's pushed upon. We're going to approach, forget the vaccine now. Forget the COVID. I'm giving you the, the, the little bitty. Pro what are we going to do when the pressure comes and says, you got to take a mark? 
don't believe the vaccine's the mark. That's not what I'm saying. Again, I'm trying to qualify everything. I'm not on a platform here. But what are we going to do? And discouragement comes. Do I just, well, or do I turn to God and say, God, I trust you. I trust you. I can see it so clearly. I'm telling you, I, I may be the weirdest little crayon in the box, but I see how God is molding the church. He's molding people and he's shaping people. Some may not be here far. Some may be. It may be my generation here. I don't know. But I see a pattern how God is coming to people where the Bible says where sin doth abound, grace abounds that much more. God is coming to his people and where discouragement is taking some people out. I'm preaching to a church today. Discouragement's going to come and you may never see it coming. But rest assured, God saw it coming. And if you keep your faith, and you stay trusting in him and trust his word. This is why I'm a strong advocate of read the word of God. Because what you gonna do when you ain't got a paper Bible to read? You better make sure you got the word of God in your heart and you got it memorized. Because if you can't quote a scripture other than Jesus wept, John chapter 10, you're in a pickle. Because I know I can turn to God and say, okay, God, no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. I might only know about 10, but I tell you what, Brother Fondo, it's the 10 I'm going to need when I go through a valley and I go through a storm and I go through a struggle because discouragement is going to come. I'm going to lose my excitement for even the things of God. But if I can just weather the storm a little bit and realize God's going to help me, God's going to restore back to me. Nehemiah later goes build the wall. Here's the, if David, in 1 Samuel 30, if David had to encourage himself in the Lord, then David was discouraged. The great warrior David could swing a sword and throw a rock like nobody. I, I bet his friends were angry with him, Brother Charlie, because he could make a skip on a pond more than anybody. That's David. And David lost his family. He lost everything. Isn't it funny? It's things we lose when discouragement comes. Whether it be my family, whether it be, watch, my peace, you get discouraged. I lost my prayer life, I get discouraged. I lose my, I get discouraged. That's what I tell you, it's going to come because you're going to lose something in life. But the answer to the whole dilemma is David said, I will encourage myself. When I ain't got nobody to pat me on the back and say, everything's going to be all right, it's all right. When I ain't got a church that's going to say, you know what, we're going to make it through this. I can encourage myself. Stand with me. Telling somebody today in the Holy Ghost one of them services and sermons I wish I could have just went up here and said don't be discouraged and sit down it didn't work that way because somebody here today you're so discouraged with God you're discouraged because this didn't work and that didn't work and people let you down the economies let you down 
COVID's let you down. Look, I've lost friends. I dreamed about Brother Guy last night. I dreamed about Brother Guy last night. My heart still aches and misses Brother Guy. Eli Hernandez. Folks, these are things that happen, but I can't not let my, I can't hold on to that and say, well, God will never. I got to realize that was just the way it happened. And that's, I got to deal with it. And I'm going to pray moving forward. God, help me. Help me understand your ways better than I've ever understood them before. That I could be better prepared. But I know one thing is true. Discouragement comes and discouragement came to me. But somehow, you rise above the discouragement. You encourage yourself in the Lord. And you know, you know what, God? Your ways are higher than mine. That's not going to stop me. This is not an excuse for me not to pray. I'm going to bombard heaven. But yet, I'm still going to resolve to the fact, God, your ways are higher. Your thoughts are higher. And I trust you. God knows our struggle, Brother Father. And he knows the battle that's coming against our minds today. Today. It's wanting us to just become some lethargic, apathetic church. Folks, if this church started in a fiery, apostolic move, we got to end in a fiery, apostolic move. you to grab the hand to the person next to you families husband wife mamas daughters whoever just connect to somebody and I want us to all come to the front today this morning's a little different I know I ain't bouncing off the top of the pulpit or climbing over pews but I just feel the Holy Ghost wanting to minister to somebody with the lot maybe you feel life's giving you you know what God saw it coming God saw, I, I'm going to say it like this. Wait, ever let everybody get positioned because I want you to hear me. God saw your mistake. God saw your sin. God saw your mistake in there. Levi, I'm so glad to see you guys. God saw these things. But what is it that's causing you and I You saw the mistake, you saw the error, but you still love me and you're still going to help me. My response to you is this, I've got to encourage myself. So I want us right now to lift our hands, the hand you got connected to, lift that hand right now and begin to tell God, God, I need you today. Come on, I don't feel like I can change. I don't feel like I can get a hold of this problem in my life. Come on, let that song be our prayer. There was a hand guiding me. Guiding me where to go. Come on, I feel the guiding hand of God. Go read some of them scriptures I gave you. Those scriptures talk so about his hand. They talk about his face. Direction. When storm clouds God's going to guide away. you. God's going to help you. God's going to strengthen you. Discouragement. But what I do with it is going to determine my tomorrows. Don't put 
on the day you got discouraged let God resurrect your promises and dreams again heal your mind your heart your family you say Benoit that's all so generic yeah but that's where we are we're in an hour where God is just casting a net Whosoever will, let him come. Whosoever wants it, let him come. Whosoever needs me, let him call on my name. I'm going to help you in the discouragement, the fear that's come upon you that you didn't plan for. You never saw that son backslide. You never saw that daughter backslide. You never saw that spouse acting crazy. You gotta let that day of discouragement go. You never saw me being unfaithful in your marriage. I got it. But you gotta let it go. Though the storm rages on, and I can't find my way. Come on, why don't you just tell me? I didn't see it coming, God. But I trust you. 